I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons everything. I am your host, Ahmad Mia, partnered Caravan, a community-driven venture capital platform. Given the nascent ecosystem, there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them. Our mission at Caravan is always to close that gap by providing capital and expertise at the earliest stage. As always, you can find more information about Caravan at our website, caravan.vc. In this episode, I get to sit down with Kalsum Lakhani, founder of I2I, one of the first accelerators in Pakistan, an annual four-month program that provides business support and access to mentors and investment. They've since also launched I2I Ventures, which invests in early-stage companies. So let's get straight to the show and let Kalsum tell us a little bit more about I2I Ventures and I2I. Okay. Um, so I think a lot of people hear I2I and they think that Tahir Shah song. Um, I2I ultimately invests to innovate. Um, and it is a company that I founded eight years ago now mm-hmm. um, to support startup communities in frontier markets. Um, when we started in Pakistan, when the, uh, the ecosystem was really nascent, we realized there was a huge amount of value that we needed to provide if we went deep rather than to go wide to many uh, to many spaces in many countries. So we focused in on Pakistan. Um, and we have a, we started a startup accelerator program back in 2012. That's become our flagship program. We've now licensed, we also license content and curriculum supporting other programs as well. We have a research arm called Insights that does, a, really addresses the information yep. gap that exists here. And now iDive Ventures is our fund that we launched last year, which is an early stage venture capital fund for Pakistan. How many applications do you get every for year? For the accelerator? For the accelerator, yeah. Um, so the accelerator runs once a year, it's four months. Um, and we really kind of, you know, so I'll say how many applications we get, but I'll also caveat that. Mm-hmm. So we get about 200 applications. We choose between six to eight companies. Um, so I would say our selection rate is between three to 4%. Um, and, I caveat that because when we say 200, you assume it's 200 high quality applications. Yeah. Um, we're very strict on our eligibility. So when we look at our program and currently now we're, we've shifted. So our program is very much geared towards the fund. So we have to look at companies that will be able to raise funding. Yeah. There's an investment readiness uh, piece there. There are companies that are already generating revenue, all of that. So um, there's obviously a fraction of the applications that we get that even fit our eligibility. And then we go through multiple rounds to get them there. And has it been easy to make that transfer from just an accelerator to an accelerator and VC and the kind of companies that you're taking into the accelerator? Yes. Um, so we started, that started to happen naturally because our program is very business. It's very intensive business curriculum, a lot of investment. Now we've added in a ton of investment readiness because we saw the gap that existed. Mm-hmm. So over time, as we've iterated the program, it started to weed out companies that, um, even though we still have taken in companies that were, weren't raising investment, um, it started to weed out companies that weren't by virtue of what the program looked like. And so, 
it's been hard for sure. The transition, not hard, but I would say that it's been a interesting challenge. It's almost like I had a, a baby that I already birthed and had a new child and then trying to figure out, um, do we, for me personally, it was a bit of a challenge over the last year of feeling like my energy was in two different things and, uh-huh. and the energy was going outwards and now realizing that we need to kind of bring it all in together because that is our biggest strength is the fact that we build and create pipeline. We know how to pick great founders. Um, we know how to get them ready from an investment perspective. And so now it's actually really exciting because I feel like we're very, very laser focused in, in what the strategy is. And what got you into starting the accelerator, the venture capital arm of the accelerator? Yeah. So we were um, obviously working with startups for eight years now in the market, um, not just through our own program, but through others. And obviously started to do research and our research has always kind of played. I'm a, I'm a research analyst by like profession mm-hmm. um, in my past life. And so for me, I'm always a big believer in evidence-based approaches. And so not only through our hands-on work with entrepreneurs, but also through the research that we were doing, we realized there was a massive gap that existed at the early stage uh, space that wasn't being filled, even though we we're seeing like pre-seed and seed deals happening. Um, we're seeing not enough happen. And so we know that there's a lot of really bad investors in the market, even though Buxan, everyone talks about the liquidity in the Buxan market. Um, The issue really is, is like, what's the quality of that capital? And so we realized that there was a need to actually, and even with funds that are coming into the market, they're kind of operating at like the later seed pre-series A, and they're continuing to do that, right? So the gap is just actually increasing. So we realized there was a need to actually throw our own hats in the ring and really develop from an evidence-based approach of what we'd been seeing in the market for eight years, as well as um, what we're seeing in terms of um, where funds are operating and what our research is telling us. And from the insights that you do gather, you're working with research institutions, you're working with the World Bank, who else are you working with? So a lot of it, I mean, we we do consult and, and all of that. The World Bank has been like a major player that we've done. A lot of it's been in-house, to be honest, like of us realizing we release a free monthly newsletter that dives deep into a different sector every month. We cover the mobility space last month. We're doing travel tech and the whole ecosystem around travel this month. Um, we've done, created a startup toolkit and an investor toolkit. And as we are building all of this out um, with this strategy that we're building, realizing that our insights arm can play a very strong role and has played a strong role in supporting the companies that we work with and invest in. And so even this year with the accelerator, we seconded our research team to all of our companies mm-hmm. in the accelerator. And actually what was really amazing was that the insights that our team provided actually really helped um, exponentially grow our companies as a result of oh, really great. understanding their early adopters. Yeah. So we saw a company like Wash Up, which is an on-demand for laundry, grow from about 25 orders to 40 orders mm-hmm. in the course of a couple of months just because of some of the research that was done and how was it easy to get people excited about when like let's go back when you started the accelerator was it easy to get people excited about or to get them to understand what an accelerator was at that point yeah for sure i mean i don't even think it was an accelerator to be honest when i started it i think i just knew that there was a need for it so i started in 2011 we launched the program in 2012 before that it was almost like an advisory consultancy for companies and then realizing that's not a scalable model because it's only a few of us doing it and then also companies were all facing the same problems right so without meaning to we started to actually build out a program because we realized that there was a need to do it in a bigger way 
And then also seeing models that existed elsewhere in the world. And so we called it an accelerator at the time. But in 2012, the market was so early that I would almost feel like we were very much at the idea stage of the types of companies that we are accepting. So when I look at the accelerator now and the kinds of companies that we accept into the program, it's also a mark of the ecosystem as a whole and how it's developed and how much more sophisticated it is. So, yeah. What's the most valuable skill that you think that you possess in what you're doing today? Across the businesses that you run. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, I said this and my partner um, partner put a better word on it because I would always say that I have a really good gut with founders. Mm-hmm. Like I can pick, I know how to pick good founders. Um, and she calls it just experience. She's like, you've just had so much experience working with Ms. companies. Miss Bond, my partner. Yes, my work wife. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, because of the experience that I've built, I'm really, really good at honing in on like strong founders. Mm-hmm. And then what I, what I would say is the biggest skill set that I bring is from a strategy perspective, like really kind of figuring out what are the gaps in a company and then figuring out what are the solutions that we can introduce, not only from a program-based perspective, but also like research and all of that on a strategy and on a customer um, customer insights lens to actually really exponentially grow a company. And what I'll say is that even from an investment perspective, you can invest in great companies and you can build marketing strategies and product roadmaps and all these things. But if you don't know who your early adopter is, it doesn't matter, it's, right? Like you can't all... build from there. So I think from us, from my pers- personal perspective, I think what I'm really strong at is, is that specifically. What's one thing that you're looking forward to in Pakistan in specific, whether ecosystem or country-wise? Um, you know, what's interesting is that I, for me, I mean, the, the heart and soul of our work are these entrepreneurs that we've worked with, right? It's why I've done this and survived for so long in this market for eight years. And so I just see this overall sophistication of founders growing. And from, I get really excited by seeing, you know, even in a challenging environment with where the economy is right now, if we look at it from a macroeconomic lens, um, I actually see that as more of an opportunity for entrepreneurs to be building great businesses and to be thinking creatively. And so for me, that always creates a vacuum and a space for founders to emerge because you see people that are completely um, creative and just think on their feet. And that's when the winners emerge, right, is when things are down. I completely agree. Who are some of the people that you look up to? Oh my gosh, so many people. Um, I mean, from a personal lens, I mean, I read and listen to and consume so much content. Um, Right now, loving everything that Esther Perel is doing. And she has one of my favorite podcasts right now called How's Work, Mm -hmm. um, which is really kind of taking almost like a couple's therapist lens, which is who she is, to... I haven't heard this. Oh, I love her. Yeah, yeah. But she takes it to people who work together. And I think what's that's really taught me so much about everything. I love like um, amazing poets. I mean, Mary Oliver passed away recently, like last year, but Cleo Wade, like people that are um, just so many amazing people of color that are in the creative space right now. So yeah, I think I listen and consume a ton of content related to that. What are some of the books on that note that you'd recommend for someone just getting into the entrepreneurship space? Like the people that come into your accelerator, for instance, what do you recommend that it's a must read? Yeah. Um, everyone recommends zero to one. So yeah, that's, that's the, the standard. That's one, the yeah. standard. Um, I am really loved, um, Ben Horowitz is the hard, hard thing, thing about hard, hard things, things. but yeah, then his good. latest book, which is called, um, what you do is who you are. I'm reading that, that right now. It's his, his new book that came out and it's really about culture, but really kind of very similar in line with what, how Esther Perel talks about things too. But, um, he really talks about like our values and who we are as humans. And oftentimes when you go into a WeWork space and it looks beautiful and yeah. great, but then if the culture and the values 
values of who those people are are not great, then and how they behave on a regular basis, it impacts the overall culture. And so um, really loving Ben Horowitz's book, some really great case studies in there about Netflix and things like that. Um, I love, I'm just trying to think in terms of, yeah, I listen to, um, I mean, I love listening to a lot of podcasts. So for me, like not books, but also like I listen to how I built this. I listen to a 16 Z I listen to, um, you know, read Hoffman's uh, podcast. So I listen to those, all of those on a regular basis. Describe three of the most important lessons that you've learned in your journey so far. Um, the first thing is based off a war game, a prisoner's dilemma scenario, actually, yeah. uh, which is uh, we do actually with our startups every year in our first weekend. And for me, one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that we exist in an environment and in a world where people want to throw each other under the bus. We think in terms of a scarcity mindset constantly. Yeah. And so people behave from that lens. And prisoner's dilemma teaches us the more that we throw people under the bus, the more that we will also be thrown under yeah. the bus. And so for me, the biggest lesson that I've learned and it's kind of the line of prisoner's dilemma, but in, in the game that we play, um, but it's to always vote black. So it's to always vote on the side of abundance, to always vote on the side of like actually saying like, even if people are going to throw me on their bus, I'm always going to, it's kind of the Michelle Obama quote, like when they go low, we go high. That's one of my biggest lessons. My second lesson is to, um, really, I mean, and this sounds so basic and human, but, um, you'll be, I mean, it's probably not surprising how few people are this, but to really be kind and, um, and to stay kind and humble within this space because I think it's really easy. This, um, entrepreneurship breeds rock stars and, um, in not in a good way. Yeah. And I think ego that, gets yeah, ego the gets the lot. best of you and yeah. to, to stay humble within that, I think is really important. Um, and to stay kind within that, because I think from kindness comes so many other things, right? It's actually like openness. It's getting, it's actually like sitting down, building trust. And I think in a market like Pakistan, it's so relational. It's ultimately why, um, you know, why a founder will feel comfortable calling me up in the middle of a term sheet negotiation and be able to sit down and talk to me about it because there are really strong relationships that we've built over time. Was that three? No, that was two. That was two. I can give a third. You can give a third. Um, Let's go. Let's go. Sure. So third is probably... Yeah. Know what you don't know. Um, and I think that's my biggest thing is that it's, again, I, I always talk about like myself as the show pony and our team as the workhorses cause they're, um, they're the reason we are who we are. And I think the biggest thing that I've been able to do is to really pinpoint what I don't know and to, uh, and if I, do, and to be really okay with that and to lean into that and to actually say, I'm going to hire really amazing people that know what I don't know. And if I don't know things also do the work of also learning alongside them. But also so, being aware and just admitting aware. to the fact that you don't know it. Yeah. And let's you'd find be out. surprised. I mean, not, I'm, you wouldn't be surprised, but most people would be surprised how few people do that. Right. Yeah. That lack of self-awareness is I think one of the things that plague the ecosystem here is <laughs> people that just think that they know everything and we don't, how can we? Exactly. So, and it's being open. Um, I yeah. think is super important. Last thing, any advice that you'd have for entrepreneurs in Pakistan? Yeah. Um, I think for me, there's a couple of things. I think the first thing is, um, it is kind of goes back to the Ben Horowitz book. What we, what we do is who we are. And I think it does, it comes down to values, right? Like I think we're so often told like how much money have you raised as a metric? Um, you know, all these things that seem very transactional in nature and ultimately who you are is actually one of the most important things that you bring to the table. Right. And I think don't try to be everything for everyone. I agree. Um, just like be laser focused on what you do well and, and build on that. And then third thing would be to just start. Like I oftentimes meet people 
people who want to start a business and they're thinking about researching and doing all this stuff. And, and I'm like, what's, what are you waiting for? Right. There's very small windows of opportunity in, in the space that we're in. And if you focus on what I also say is like, focus on execution, like don't, worry about like, I mean, honestly, it really bugs the hell out of me when I meet people that are just telling me about their, the awards that they won. And I do, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the awards that you've won. I want to know how have you executed on your business? How have you actually gone out and done the work? Um, because that's what matters to, if you're a good investor, what matters to your good investor is have you actually done the work and have you executed on the ground? Could not agree more. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments or feedback, please send me at amad at caravan.vc, um, which is my email. We're not on my Instagram, but we can see it at caravan.vc, which is K-A-R-A-V-A-N dot V-C. You can learn more about what we do and how we do it um, on our website at www.caravan.vc. Until next time, khudafiz. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 